0: thoughts on scanning your family's legacy photos, and the safety of forged vehicles. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel shifts gears this time around and talks about scanning your family's legacy paper photos based on an article by a friend of ours and why I wish I'd had that article 10 or 15 years ago. Then we wrap up by touching on Ford's assertion that their vehicles are safe to drive in spite of a small security vulnerability. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Um, under the heading of public service announcement, um, I don't think there's anything to be worried about unless you drive a Ford, and even then, I don't know it's a big deal. But Bleeping Computer had an article that says, Ford says cars with Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi vulnerabilities still safe to drive. Um, I don't know how comfortable yeah, I am. tell that, that to the- Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if if you're driving a Ford you may want to take a look at that link. Um, you know, according to this it's the uh it's the entertainment system that apparently has this vulnerability. So, but how I don't know how tied in the entertainment system is to the
1: critical operating parts of of the vehicle. So, our manufacturers are notoriously horrible at uh at security. So I would assume that if you have a way to get into the infotainment system on a car, then then you would have the ability to get into other uh, parts of the car. I mean, unless, unless it's like a completely, completely sandboxed computer. Um, but if it's displaying additional information, like, Uh, how fast is your car going, how much fuel do you have, stuff like that, then it has to have some sort of way of communicating outside of that specific computer to other computers in the car. I would assume that the security that would be in place to protect those systems either doesn't exist or it's, uh, it's poorly implemented. I have no faith in car manufacturers to give us secure computer systems.
2: I think you could probably cross "car" off that sentence, and it'd still be okay.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Fair.
2: <laughs> Absolutely fair.
0: I don't know. I don't. Anybody here drive a Ford?
3: I have one. So. Oh. Okay. Well. When do you web, drive uh, it? Uh. uh yeah. No, but it's a 2017, <laughs> so it's outside the purview of the uh, the Sync 3 system. Generally speaking. And someone's going to argue against me on this. Generally speaking, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration requires a car manufacturer to keep the engine control module or the electronic control module that controls the engine separate from the entertainment system. Okay, um, and that is uh, that. Granted, that that Tesla and the EVs kind of blurred that line a lot, but but generally speaking, you don't you shouldn't have to worry about uh something modifying the entertainment system messing with with the the powertrain system generally speaking someone's going to argue with me on that but um
2: i think I rem- that seems reasonable
3: Yeah. You might get
2: rickrolled but
3: but they they they, <laughs> they 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 keep those two worlds separate now now i i, I don't want to go down this this rabbit hole but you know one of the things we were talking about several weeks ago was uh uh General Motors not allowing CarPlay um, to play on their cars or the same thing that you can't use CarPlay in a Tesla. Um, The the real issue there that nobody wanted to bring up was that it had nothing to do with CarPlay in and of itself. But if they're trying to get to the self-driving features, the The navigation system within the the car works hand in hand with the self driving feature, and when you, you bring in a third party one like CarPlay, it it will supersede or overwrite the uh, the car's built in navigation system. So that's part of the reason why. Uh, GM did what they did. I still won't buy a GM car because of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, that, that, that it, it all has to do with uh, some of these self-driving and nav systems that, that uh, these car, car manufacturers won't do. That's why Tesla does not have CarPlay. Um, but uh, what, what they have done is that they had Apple Music as part of their entertainment system. So I'm happy with that. So
0: Yeah. I, it's interesting, Web And, of course, and I am not ar- – doing the argument thing but i'm um, jeff jeff said it you know then what happened with jeep you know if okay. it has to be
1: separate with jeep the uh the hack that that they used to get in did not involve the uh the infotainment system yeah and uh and they were able through whatever they did to take complete complete control over a vehicle and uh And the test they did with with a journalist and the journalist's consent was to take control of his car, and they sped it up, they slowed it down, they turned it on, they turned it off, and they weren't even in the same state. And it was super creepy and super scary. Um, Yeah. And and how long ago was that, Jeff? That
2: wasn't recent. That was three or four or five years ago? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So what, what what did they hack?
3: The engine um, control module. Yeah. The electronic wh- control why module. Why would
2: the engine control module have some ability to communicate with something in another state? Period. I mean there, th- that means it had a there was some it, cellular yeah, radio it, attached exactly. to it. Exactly.
1: Yes. You know why? Because Jeep had it in there so they they could be yeah. sending and receiving information to their cars. And it, it wasn't something that was there for the end user. It was for their for their own use. And- it's like a firmware update, just to put it
3: in simple terms. You know, they had the ability to do those type of updates to it. So it, it went awry. Don't get me wrong. I'm not supporting it. Oh, but, boy, howdy. <laughs> boy, howdy, yeah. So. <laughs>
0: um, but it's good to know that the entertainment system was secure. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent hours getting those presets done on the radio. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: I you know, Webb, it's interesting though that you you explain it that way because that makes perfect sense. And and I've as much as I enjoy CarPlay, I can see that being a, you know, it's just one more vector of attack. That so in some ways I would almost think that Apple would not want access to that, because that way then they could not be blamed. If anything goes wrong and we're still early days in all this stuff and so i've if if i were if i were apple's insurance company i'd say you know do you really want to be an additional defendant in that or do you want to be out on summary judgment because you can show that uh you absolutely had no way there was no way to cross that bridge and get into the car system Mm -hmm. the car's operational systems so,
1: now I'm waiting for someone to uh to turn this into a really big problem. Not that I want them to, but I expect it will happen. Part of the problem with the Jeep thing was that uh you could use that that uh flaw to track any Jeep, at least any Jeep that had that technology in it. So you could tell where anyone's car was at any time. So, if uh if you have a way to get into the infotainment system then you potentially have a way to be able to start tracking where someone is with their car uh w- without authorization so it wouldn't surprise me at some point to see someone take advantage of that in some way or to use it to uh to force Content that you don't want to see to suddenly appear on your infotainment system. You remember when everyone used to go war driving to find Wi-Fi networks? Mm-hmm. How about driving down the highway and, and, uh, and just putting just unspeakable images on the infotainment system in Fords as you drive by?
0: What's worse is as you drive by uh, Coffee Shop X that an ad pops up for them un- <laughs> un- unrequested. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Uh. The thing I guess I don't understand is uh, related to the GM not having CarPlay and, and so on. It seems like the obvious solution is for GM to develop an app that works in the CarPlay environment. And that app and only that app has additional access to GM features. And then they have some control over what's displayed and maybe don't make it available to CarPlay except through their particular app. That would seem to solve problems kind of on all sides. They could charge money for upgrades to the app. That, I could live with that. I, I
3: understand your point, Eric. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example that happens with CarPlay right now. OK, uh-huh. um, and this happens to me on two of my cars um, is that if I want to listen to the my Sirius XM radio and um, I want to see what, what's the, the song is playing, it will not transfer over to, to CarPlay. CarPlay is its own little world its own environment okay so i can listen to my satellite radio don't get me wrong but i can't get the on screen information like what album is this and what song is it so on and so forth um it, the and i think the same thing carries over I, I think gm or apple or whoever uh they don't want to have this uh, this gateway to the main car system if you're you're in the carplay infotainment system only okay now, the reason why I like CarPlay is, we've talked about this before, is that it does give you a common user interface. It doesn't matter which car I'm in. It works the same way. Uh, if, if I uh, get into one car that has satellite radio and I want to go to the other car and, and try that same station, and put it in, you know, the save it as a save station, there's two different user interfaces to do that. It just frustrates the hell out of me. So that's why I like the, the CarPlay interface. But I wish that there was a, the Our the Sirius XM,
1: two. yeah, yeah. That I. This is probably one of the big reasons why Apple uh, announced CarPlay two, because it, this works around all of that. Cr- create the whole thing as the Apple module, mm-hmm. and uh, and now you fix
2: that problem. I, Web. I'm curious. Can you can you just let me do it this way?
0: On my Honda, yeah. Okay, I, I when when I when I plug my phone in, all right, I get a, I get an entry in on the Honda's um, infotainment system or the Honda control panel okay. that is CarPlay. I tap CarPlay, and then the whole thing just goes to CarPlay, and I and I'm so I can't control any of the other things. To your point, including AM/FM radio, Sirius XM,
4: yeah, yeah. any of same those, same thing, yeah
0: it's the same thing with the, with the same festival. problem. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, okay. That's, I mean, that seems like a small, a small compromise, um, from for, to continue to have the ability to have car play, because frankly, I'm, I don't use, I don't think I've used any of the other options three times since I've owned the car. Yeah. So, Hey, one, we're going to start run short on time. There's one other article that I threw in late into our Slack earlier. Um, this is, I want to make sure I put it in both. Um, this is uh, a podcast today and an article from Derek Story um, about what to do with your old family photos. And if, if you if you are the family historian or the family photo keeper, you really should pay attention to this. Um, probably 10, 11 years ago, I undertook the process of digitizing our family photos. And these are photos that are stuck in shoeboxes and, you know, are scattered all over the world. And the whole point was, you know, get them into one place and get them digitized so they don't degrade any further. And I, I mean, on my kitchen table, I had like seven stacks two feet high of photos. And what Derek proposes here is a really interesting, simple way to, to archive those things you um, know, in, in something that's in a fashion that's not quite as burdensome so that you have them and then can do with them what you want, but at least you're preserving them. So this is well worth the time to listen to the podcast or read the article. I would encourage anybody that's out there that it has some of those old photos, because really those are precious. You don't realize we've, we've said it a million times when we're talking about backups. But, you know, one of the first things you hear from people that have been through a terrible fire or a terrible hurricane or tornado is that they lost all their photos. And so this is a way to get them, get them into the cloud where they're nice and safe and they're somewhere else um, if anything happens to your local, your local copies. So I, I don't know if any of you have gone down that path of digitizing old photos,
2: but, yeah, it can be time-consuming at, at worst. Mm-hmm. Dave, sorry.
5: Are you talking? Yeah, I got on mute. I, th- uh, I, thought you were. I, I, I did, the uh, I did digitize an old eight millimeter movie of, of, of while well, I was younger and, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I sent it off to a third party. So, but, uh, digitizing photos is very time consuming, but it, it also can be, uh, uh, very uh, enjoyable too. You get to go through some nostalgia looking at old photos of, of your family. Um, so yeah, it's well worth it. And, and Derek story is a great photographer and he's a great podcaster. So that that's a great source to, 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 to follow with this uh, topic.
0: Yeah. I've, I wish I'd had that 10 years ago when I are doing, when I was doing the project, cause it would have made it go a lot yeah. faster. And there are services out there, uh, where you can send your photos away or your home movies away right. and have them digitized. And that too is not a bad way. It's a decent investment. Um, Yeah, and they've gotten better, both better and less expensive. But I confess that when I used some of those, there was always always that paranoia of I'm putting all this precious stuff in this box, and I'm turning it over to a delivery service. And so I was insuring the heck out of it and tracking it in every way I could. If I, if they'd existed, then I would put an air tag in with them. So
2: Epson has a um, a scanner that's it looks. Uh, Same form factor as the Fujitsu scanners that probably many of you have. It's like an auto scanner that you can, and unlike the Fujitsu scanner, the Epson scanner, you can put photos in. Um, So you can like put a pile of photos in and it'll go like, Um, and it works really well. you know, the biggest problem then is, you know, the time it takes to put some kind of metadata on them. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, it's not super cheap, but actually if you have a significant amount, it's a lot cheaper than sending it off to a service and it doesn't have the problem of what you just said of, you know, the uncertainty of sending things off, you know, through some sort of, uh, you know where they could get lost in the mail or, or, or at the, the facility. So uh, I think it's an Epson 440 and um, I have one and it's pretty great for that.
0: Yeah. And I don't uh, want to steal the, the article's thunder, Jim. So I'm, I'm going to suggest that, you know, you just, I mean, it's a great option The no question.
2: I, I did look at that, that article. Um, but you know, what they're doing is still going to take a huge amount of time for, um, any, you know, more than a, a few dozen, you know, and not that it still doesn't take a lot of time with this Epson, you know, and I've got that and I still have a lot of photos that I haven't gotten around to scanning. Um, but that's mostly because I find myself like, okay, trying to figure out like what, you know, if I get them in there, even still useless, if I don't have some sort of metadata on what is it? what year is it you know that kind of stuff so it, i you know i find that's what you know takes a huge amount of time yeah. more so than the actual scanning
5: now you, you it, hit you hit you hit it right on about the time time is it just takes absolutely forever yeah I mean, I had, a, I have a ton of slides. I mean, I gotta go up in my closet there. I have boxes upon boxes of slides, and I started wanted to start to go through them, go through with them, and I bought one of those uh, those little. It's a great little device, that Kodak branded, um, that scans the slides. But you gotta do it one by one by one, one yeah. by, yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it just takes forever. But there, you know, my my wife had a family member that passed away, and then they. they we got some of the old slides that they had had and wanted to get them all, you know, digitized. And I said, like, ah, oh, sure. Let me just buy, you know, it's $120 or $150 little scanner. But again, time is valuable. <laughs> Sending a place like Legacy Box was the company that I used for the movie yeah. and they, they were very good and they, they, they're very popular. They're, they advertise everywhere. So I had a very good experience and I didn't feel that uncomfortable shipping it. Um, they, they kept it very secure, giving you, with, uh, with tracking and, and all that. So I you know things can get lost, but at least it's trackable and track it's being tracked there and it's being tracked when it comes back to you. So, uh, the good thing is it's, they send you the digit, the digitized copy of over, you know, uh, uh, shares, you can download it. So you have it before they even send you back the, the, the old media. But, um, but you know, slides are fun to do, but I, I love slides. I mean, I think oh, we all remember yeah. back in the days having those 80, Eighty uh, slide trays with the <laughs> the carousel, yeah. the carousel and, mm-hmm. and, and doing those shows. And I remember setting one up when I was in high school, years and years ago. So, uh, but now they're just banished into a into a box. But there's also a lot of great memories. Uh, people, a lot of people love taking slides back in those days, and you want to get them digitized. You don't want that that film to fade away.
0: Except when somebody invites you over to their house for dinner and says, "Let me show you the slides of my vice vacation."
5: Yeah, yeah. Oh and, and there's oh. 100, a 180 slides you got to go sit through, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but Rich in the chat room says some local libraries have all sorts of digitizers, sheet feeders yes. for photos, et cetera. Never heard of that. I did not know
5: that, Rich. Yeah, Rich works for a library locally here, uh, so I, I know exactly what he's talking about. They have our, our local library has a very good uh, uh, has a very good thing here. So.
1: Mm, Libraries yeah. are great resources for a lot of things.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just heard on the, now I can't remember which podcast, but I heard today someone talk about they were a librarian, but they referred themselves as an in- information professional. And I really, like really that. like that. I like that a mm. lot. Yeah. Oh, Brian, what? Your local library has telescopes to borrow?
6: Yeah. You have a couple of them. You can reserve them like you reserve a book. You go on yeah. a wait list. and It might be like, you know, they're so popular, like six months away. But eventually, you'll get it for a week.
5: I, I wouldn't be surprised. If our local library does that too. Yeah.
0: Wow, I've got to spend a little more time at my local library. I've I've been using the Libby app to borrow stuff from it, but I don't think they ever send me a telescope.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you'll be amazed you what you see in libraries. Scope. You'd be amazed when yeah. you see libraries these days. Hmm. Interesting. It's
3: amazing how they've changed libraries. Oh, totally. And yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's there was an article that I read this week that I can't even remember the title of it, but all had to do with libraries having to evolve again. Um, I think it was in the wall street journal this week. Anyway.
0: Okay. So, I mean, so, Eric, j- jump in. Say this. T- say what you put in our chat room
4: oh there's a library near here that does drone rental they have like a yeah. little it's drone and you can check it out and fly it up above you know like your house or whatever or take a picture and then return it back to the library and so far it's all in one piece Wow! And they, That's they have an electronics club that does repairs but you know <laughs> so far they've had good luck with it hmm.
6: There's also a rent out little little uh, passes for museums and state parks and things like that too.
4: That's a good idea.
6: Yeah,
0: they they rent. You mean they or loan they, them they loan out? them out? Or? I
6: mean, you you go there. They have a limited supply. You can check them out with your library card, and then it's valid for a certain amount of time. And then you know you can it waives the fee of you know the cost that if you were going to go to a museum or. You know the, the the charge for going to a state park or
0: something of that nature. Wow, I'm gonna have to check out a lot of libraries. I had no idea. I, I mean, I know that they rent like DVDs and all that. Sometimes oh, for sometimes loan them out. Oops. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you know to generate a little revenue, they charge a pathetically you know small amount um, for for Blu-ray or DVD. But this is really uh yeah, educational. So the moral of the story is go visit your local library. Yep. That's it for the, the – the. I had one other story. We'll get to that another time because that's not really – that'll generate some discussion and it's not really time, time sensitive. So we'll get to that later. Um, so with that, I'm going to go around the table, let the panel introduce themselves again, and then we will get out of here. Uh, and I'm going to flip it around and put Mr. Brian Flanagan-Arthurs up first because he got here late and didn't have a chance to contribute a lot, but now he gets to tell us all about himself.
6: All right. Great. All right. So Here we go. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me both on uh, Mastodon, uh, now Blue Sky, and uh, Twitter, or X, <laughs> at Brian8944. Great.
0: Thank you very much. Good Thanks to have for you, having me. Appreciate you being here.
6: Thank
0: you, Web Bixby, the man with the quilt <laughs> that is just stunning. Where can folks connect
3: with you? Well, last week they, I put down everything that I said, I'm just going to make it simple. Uh, at Web Bixby at Twitter.
0: Okay, thank you, thank you, Jeff Gamet, Always good to see you. Um, where can folks connect with you?
1: Um, on the socials, Jay Gamet, Um on basically everything, I am most active on uh Mastodon and Instagram. Then for shows, here with you on Tuesdays. Thank you for letting me come back yet again. Then uh on Thursdays, Dave lets me join in on In Touch With iOS. So thank you for that. Then uh British Tech Network, Thursdays, the big show, Friday's the Mac show. And then Brian Chaffin and I record The Context Machine.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Tell Brian we said hello. I will do that. Please. Okay, Jim Ray, good to have you as always. We always appreciate your your developer perspective. Where can folks connect with you?
2: Uh, you can find uh, me at my company website, which is provue.com, B-R-O-V-U-E. Um, there's some excellent software there for tracking goat milk. Uh, concentrations <laughs> 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 and uh, uh, also you can, you can chat with me on Mastodon at uh, profugym at techhub.social
0: I, I feel obligated to point out that gym software cannot be used just for tracking goat milk butterfat concentrations there are one or two other uses for it
2: no no that's it New that's new it. policy <laughs>
0: <laughs> you cornered the market. <laughs> it's I'm not going to try to touch that. If you using it called... for
2: anything else, I will track you. I will hunt you down.
1: And <laughs> It's part of the new uh system he's developing for his own smartphone, Lacked OS.
6: Uh, oh, oh man. <laughs> and mic drop. Yes. Boom. <laughs> um,
0: Eric Bolden, this whole thing is your fault. <laughs> where, can folk, where can folks connect with you? <laughs>
4: uh, I can be found at eabolden at techhub.social on uh, Mastodon, as well as bolden at mas.to on Mastodon.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Eric. Thank you for sharing uh, some of the the farm show behind the scenes. It really is, it really is interesting. Really is interesting. Talks a
4: lot that goes on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last but absolutely not least, um, he'll be out back milking his goat later, Mr. David Ginsburg. <laughs> David, good to see you. Where can <laughs> folks connect with you?
5: Good to see you, Chuck. Uh, you can find me at In Touch with iOS at intouchwithios.com. YouTube channel is youtube.com/slash/In Touch with I'm here on Tuesdays. I'm on the Mac Show on Fridays, and uh, you can find me a mastodon at DaveG65. Thanks, Chuck.
0: Thank you, David. Good to have you. Thanks. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner.
5: This is Mac Voices.
0: We do this Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I definitely want to thank the chat room. They threw a lot of comments in tonight. They educated me on some things my local library may have. I'm going to be checking that out. You should, too. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media.